On this episode of the B-Side, we talk evangelism. Welcome to the B-Side, a Blessed Hope podcast where we turn over the sermon notes and answer those lingering questions. Hey everybody, I am Vince and I'm joined by Pastor Matt and we're going to be talking about evangelism, but before we get there, just want to put in a quick plug for If Gathering. If you don't know what If Gathering is, it is a women's simulcast conference that we will be hosting here at Blessed Hope. I just want to read you uh, what they've written. They're going to be studying Proverbs, which is one of the most practical yet misunderstood books of the Bible. Proverbs doesn't show us a set of rules, but a different way to live that is so attractive, so fragrant, flowing through our lives, actions, relationships, and work, and drawing people to Christ. So that's the heart, and that's the theme for this year. Uh, it is February 8th, uh, that's a Friday, so February 8th, 6 to 9 p.m., snacks and refreshments are provided, and then Saturday the 9th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., that includes a light breakfast, a delicious lunch prepared by our local team here, and snacks and refreshments throughout the day. Yeah, it's, it's actually uh, a pretty good deal. Um, I know that my wife has, has attended it the last two years, the two years that we've had it here in Vinton, and she actually went to Cedar Rapids to a church the year before that oh, okay. to attend it um, at, a, at another um, local host site, and uh, I know that, that she would tell you that she's grown tremendously from those events, those speakers, the engagement with other women. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it's challenged her and, and kind of renewed faith and, and helped spur on, and so mm-hmm. I think um, the great thing about it this year, too, is it is absolutely free. Yeah. So, I mean, we still need people to sign up so they know about food and, and other things and space and, and what to prepare for. But mm-hmm. I mean, when you sign up, there's no cost, which is this mm-hmm. is the first time that's been the case. And so uh, that will be really cool. And uh, we hope to see just a, a huge turnout yep. for that. Yep. So uh, we're looking forward to that. That's ne- this week? This week. This that's, week. That's like three days from now. Wow. So we're really, really excited about that. And one of the things that I've noticed about if, and I've noticed about our church, and it's the heart of every pastor, is that there's a heart towards sharing the gospel with your community. I think it was either last year or the year before that, that that was the theme for right. if, was, yep. you know, sharing the gospel with the people around you. So today we're going to be talking about evangelism and how that merges into our merger that we are mm-hmm. talking about, why uh, that really the Great Commission and God's call to be evangelistic is the reason why we're doing this. Uh, but before we get too far, what is evangelism? Because that's one of, the, it's one of those seminary theological terms that, I mean, we could say a lot, but we, people may not know. Well, I think when we say evangelism, it depends on your frame of reference what you automatically go to, mm. right? It's like, um, I mean, I think if I say, hey, pick your, your, the, the food that you think is the yummiest, mm-hmm. right? Do, do people say yummy still? Not really. Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. Pick the food that's the yummiest. Like teenage girls. Okay, fair enough. But you have one, so. All right, I'll take it. Um, I, I think if I said pick the food that's the yummiest, I'm just going to say the third time's the charm, yummiest, yeah. that, that everybody would, would automatically picture something that's 
more personal to them, right? Like mm. where somebody else picks, picks, uh, you know, cupcakes and somebody's got pie and somebody's got pizza. And, it, you know, the idea is it's all good, mm-hmm. uh, but, but you tend to go with, you know, your frame of reference. And yeah. when we say evangelism, I think it's the same thing. People tend to go in their minds and define evangelism with what they've seen or mm-hmm. what they've experienced. Yeah. And therefore, like you say, it's real difficult to get a very clear picture on what evangelism actually is right. and, and what it means. Yeah, it's the same thing with the term evangelical. Right. What, what, uh, every church would say, yeah, we're an evangelical church. Well, but, not every church would say that. Yeah. <laughs> but most of them, hopefully. Most of them would. I mean, as far as the, you know, the original definition of yep. it, most churches would say, yeah, that's what we want to be. Sure. Um, well, it's what we're told to be in Scripture. And now, you know, with it's become a category of, of, of churches, sets of beliefs. And, and, yep. and so it just gets really confusing. I think for me, the way that I would define evangelism is it's missions but home. You know what? That's not a bad way to define it. There's there's a key scripture for me mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily saying evangelism, but for me, it always talks about evangelism. This is the heart behind what evangelism is supposed to be. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read from yeah. 2 Corinthians. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 for regular Blessed Hope folks. No, that's, that's the verse I have tattooed on my arm. But, like, everything around it is, is so critical here. And so... Um, It starts with in 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. So this is the idea that, hey, by the way, as a Christian, you're a brand new creation, Mm -hmm. right? You are no longer dead, but you're alive, and this is a big deal. Right. And then he keeps going, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Mm. Like So when I think evangelism, I think of the fact that I've been saved by God, right. and God has committed that message mm-hmm. to me. And then it goes on. This is the part that really it's like, wow, okay, so um, the, he, he's committed us the ministry of reconciliation and here it is, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Mm. And he has committed to us that message. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, and it is as though God were making his appeal through us. We speak for him when we say, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Mm. God made him who has no sin to be sin. Uh, so that we might become the righteousness of God. And so when you're like, what's evangelism? What's evangelism? Really simply, and and we'll get into the nuts and bolts of it, but Mm -hmm. really simply, evangelism is the message of reconciliation that God has given us, that we speak for God Mm. when we say, hey, come back home. There is a God in heaven who is not counting your sins against you because in Christ you are reconciled. Um, and so we, we have that message of reconciliation. And God has said, hey, saved person, go help save other people. Yeah. Right? And that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love that definition. Uh, one of the easiest places to find kind of the definition or, or uh, I, I don't know, purpose statement or, or is the Great Commission. And, sure. And very simply, like, go. That's the command. Two letters. In, in the English language, is just go. Go and, and, and spread my name abroad, baptizing people 
in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, just, I, you want to talk more about that? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, go um, and make disciples. And Vince, you've got, you've got, I mean, you know that text. Every mm-hmm. pastor knows that text. Where are we going to make disciples? Everywhere. Right, Jerusalem. Samaria mm-hmm. and to the ends of the earth, because the mission, uh, the mission for Christians, is to go and make disciples. Why? Because we're ambassadors of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. We speak for God when we say, "Come back," mm-hmm. because of, in Christ, God's not counting sins against you. Um, and so we have this message. But but when you think about the Great Commission, and that's that that's what we call that verse in Matthew twenty eight mm-hmm. that you're reading, the Great Commission. When we think about that, um, Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Samaria, and to the ends of the world. So mm-hmm. basically, it is our job to take the gospel everywhere that it currently does mm-hmm. not exist. And we are not exempt mm-hmm. from any people. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was you, but I, I heard this the other day. Was it day. good? Yeah, I, it was really good. Then, yep, it was me. I can't remember who said it, but <laughs> they were talking about the Great Commission, and they said, look, it, it's not a, an order. You don't have to do it in order. Right. You don't have to start, you know, locally and then, you know, go outside. It's not an order. God's going to call you where he's going to call you. And then he also said, um, you got to realize it's the people you know. It's the people you wish you didn't have to go to. And then it's everyone else. So you were listening to a Tom Rainer podcast. Yes, that's what it was. Um, yep. You were listening to a Tom Rainer podcast uh, because I sent that to you. Yes. Um, and, and the elders to listen to about revitalization mm-hmm. in uh, Bible Belt communities. Right. Because in the Bible Belt communities, it's different, right? Because you've got a lot of people who know the name of Jesus. Right. And if you say to them, hey, do, do you know about Jesus? Oh, yeah, I know about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different question of do you know Jesus personally? Right. Right. And, and people will say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian because... Because mm-hmm. I grew up in church, mm-hmm. I'm a Christian because I, I, you know, got baptized or because I did an altar call or I said my confirmation. And we're like, well, that's all fine and good. But really what makes you a Christian mm-hmm. is following Jesus Christ, yeah. um, not going through some motions. But, but yeah, I, I, that's, that's, I, I think that's such, so great when you think about that, when you talk about like Samaria, mm-hmm. when, when Jesus said to, to the Jews, hey, you know, you are my ambassadors, which means you go not just to the, your fellow Jews, the people that are like you, right. right? The people that you want to be saved. You got to go talk to those dirty Samaritans. Yep. You hate those Samaritans. I know you hate those Samaritans because, because you've been grown up being taught that they're less than and they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. But it's still your job to go talk to those Samaritans right. and not just talk to them, but try to bring them into the kingdom and the family of God. Try really hard to make them your brother yeah. and your sister in Christ. And so, yeah, the Great Commission is bigger than we think it is. Evangelism is bigger than we think it is. It is basically anywhere the gospel does not exist, it is our job to go share the gospel. Right. Um, and it is mandatory for the believer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I have the question why, but I'm going to add a little bit to it. Yeah. Um, I think my kind of Christian upbringing, and when I say Christian upbringing, I mean when I was in college and when I started sure. coming yeah. to faith. I don't want somebody to think, well, man, he was born a Christian. No. Um, I didn't come <laughs> to Christ until college, so my Christian, when I was nurtured as a baby Christian, it was in a Reformed setting. Sure. Um, so the, the classic thing is the frozen chosen. Right. Um, so why do we do missions when it's all God's work anyway? 
Well, okay, so if, when you read through Ephesians... Or do evangelism. Evangelism. I don't want to confuse people. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when, you, when you read through Ephesians, like um, the book of Ephesians, you know, talks about, you know, that God calls people to mm-hmm. himself and that nobody is going to respond to God's call unless God draws them, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and we know that's true, right? We know that on our own, we can't respond to Christ. We can't come to the Holy Spirit. But what happens is the Holy Spirit draws us, mm-hmm. and then it's our job to respond in faith. Yeah. And, and that's the way this works. And so when we talk about evangelism, we actually can't lose. Right. And I think this is an important thing for, for people to realize, because a lot of times people think, well, I just hate not getting it right, or I, I hate mm-hmm. it when people don't respond. It's yeah. like, okay, so, so really... There are three things that have to be at play mm-hmm. for someone to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has to call them, mm-hmm. right? He has to be prompting them in their heart, mm-hmm. okay? You have to bring the message, mm-hmm. and they have to respond to the message, yeah. right? Only one of those is up to you as the believer. Right. Evangelism is, is you doing your part, Mm-hmm. And that's all you can be responsible for. Right. And that's honestly, I think, when, when, when we stand in front of our king, mm-hmm. the sovereign God of the universe, that's the part we answer for. I don't think God is going to say, how come you didn't save more? Because it's not our ability to right. save any. But what God is going to say is, who did you share the gospel with? Yeah, why didn't you tell more? Right. You know, he, he, he might be in a position to say, I, I was drawing them. Yeah. I was doing my part right? Where were you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if that's the case, then we're taking away, we're robbing someone of the ability to respond in faith mm-hmm. when we don't share. Paul says that. He's like, he's like, how will they respond if they can't hear? Mm-hmm. How will they hear if nobody tells them? How will somebody tell them if you don't get up and go? Right. And so evangelism is, is any number of things that has to do with you sharing the grace of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone that needs to know it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all really big and awesome things that the God of the universe looks at Christians and says, hey, I want you to to be a part of my mission. I want you to be part of the reason why, you know, Sally or your friend comes to eternal life. Or your enemy. Or your enemy. For that matter. You know, there's something else I want to say here, Vince. and, And I know, like, people might get sick of me saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's starting to grow old. Maybe it's starting to wear thin. Maybe it's starting to rub people the wrong way. I hope not. I hope that it breaks their heart the way it breaks my heart. But you ask, well, the why, the why of evangelism, the why of evangelism, and, and it's very simply this, because hell is real. Yeah. Hell is real, and there is one way to avoid it, mm-hmm. and that is by submitting to and surrendering to Jesus Christ, um, and that is the crux of the gospel and evangelism is sharing that good news with people that you um, used to be separated from God, but you don't have to be. Right. And so hell is real and hell is awful. Um, hell is, is a place that was intended to be reserved as punishment for Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it is a place awful enough to punish Satan. And yet mm-hmm. there are people that we know and love 
um, and, and people that are human beings that have struggled through life like we have that, that we should have empathy and a heart and a compassion for um, that are destined to be there for eternity. And that should break our hearts. Yeah. And so the why of evangelism is simple because we have a mission that God's given us because hell is real mm-hmm. and we don't want anyone to go there. Right, yeah. So how do we do this? I, 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 that's one of the, the things that is always... I always found hard being at seminary and being in a very academic, you know, we talk about th- these big theology words all the time, and it was just like, man, how? Okay. How, how do I do it? How do I get other people to do it? How? I, I have a three-step system okay. for evangelism. All right. Get yourself a box. Okay. I got a box. Okay. Pick a street corner. Okay. Stand on it. Okay. Scream into a megaphone. That mm. people are sinners and terrible people and are going to hell. I need a megaphone. Right. If you just stand on a box <laughs> and scream into a megaphone that people are going to hell, everyone will respond. And of course, I was um, actually thinking that I, I was thinking of a wrong type of box. I was thinking of a, a shoe box, and I, I'm a little fat for a shoe, a shoe box. box. No, no, no. I, I meant like a like a <laughs> those like, old milk like crates. a wooden crate. Yeah. yeah. Like, but no. Of course, that's facetious. Nobody should do that, right? Because, mm. but but I think sometimes when we think evangelism, right. Um, that's what we think of, right? Mm-hmm. We think evangelism is, you know, turn or burn, right? Yeah. I grew up in a church, a Southern Baptist church, and, and uh, you know, and, and Pastor Ed, he, he was a, a pulpit slammer, um, and his hand was always coming down, and he was turn or burn, right? You did mm-hmm. not want, I mean, he would literally put the fear of God in you mm. because you didn't know you were probably going to die in a fiery car crash on the way home from church. Yeah. And if you left church without responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you were going to hell forever. And he would literally scare you to the altar. Mm. Even of if course, you came last week, even if you came last week, because you weren't sure it took, right. and I don't want to go to hell. Right. But like, like, and, and a lot of us, that's what we're used to. When we say evangelism, we are used to the scare tactics. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't mean that it's wrong to tell people about hell. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what we need when it comes time to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ is more of a personal approach mm-hmm. and less of an emotional approach. Yeah. Because you've got to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ with your entire intellect. Yeah. Um, and, and with the entirety of your being. And so talk about hell. I mean, yeah. my friends that aren't Christians know what I believe about hell. Right. I don't yell it at them. I don't throw it at them through a megaphone. I don't hit them in the head with my Bible. But mm. they know what I think. Evangelism does not have to be this impersonal thing. Some mm. people think evangelism is knocking on doors. Yeah. Cold calls, right? Like I'm walking down the street, I knock on your door and I ask you, hey, if you died today, do you know where you'd spend eternity? It's funny enough, that's where our our middle school kids go. You know, we were talking about doing service projects in the community. That's where some of them, that's where they immediately go. They go, well, we could run through the neighborhoods and knock on people's doors and invite them to church. I'm like, that's that's awesome. But that's not necessarily the way that ministry in my opinion, should be done. Well, it, it's again, it's impersonal. Right. Right. And so there are times for things like that. Mm-hmm. There are times for things like that. But ministry and evangelism that's done well connects with people that I know well. Right. People that I've earned the right to speak into. Yeah. Um, there, there's, I mean, it's a, it's a saying. It's, it doesn't 
belong to him by any right. stretch of the imagination. But there's a mentor of mine from, from a long time ago, a guy named Troy Fincher. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Troy, you know, when we sat in accountability groups way back when, would, would often say, like, look, man, people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah, that's what I, I, that's what I tell our volunteers. I was like, the kids aren't going to value what you have to say until you, they know you value them. Right. And so, and I think that's the same with evangelism. There is a time and a place, right? Mm-hmm. When somebody is, is broken down, whether I know them well or not, or, you know, if I'm, if I'm helping, you know, transition people through a funeral or something like that, where their, their loved one is, you know, if God opens an avenue and clearly mm-hmm. instructs me to share the gospel, then I'm going to, whether I know you or not. Right. Right. But when I meet my neighbor, mm-hmm. right, my goal isn't to go knock on my neighbor's door, introduce myself and then in the same conversation say, oh, by the way, do right. you know Jesus Christ as mm-hmm. your personal Lord and Savior? You know what I'm going to do? I- I'm going to say, hey, mm-hmm. let's have a barbecue. Yeah. Let's cook out. Let's, let's spend time together. Mm-hmm. And then as we can yeah. start to build a relationship, um, I can start to invite or enter into conversations or I can start to, to talk about, well, here's where I'm at. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to really struggle with this, but, but you know, ever since I started following mm-hmm. Jesus, he changed my life and, and, and here's why I have freedom here. You know, whatever it is, but yeah. relationships are so key when it comes to evangelism. It, it's one of those things where it's, you know, if you play board games or if you play any sort of game, you know that there are times that you don't necessarily go for the easy, easy in your face thing. You, you position yourself for later to, to win the game. And, and that's what you're trying to talk about with relationships. You position yourself in a relationship with someone to win them to Christ. Maybe, maybe. But I'm even going to challenge that thinking a little bit. Although uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. I would say that. I would make mm-hmm. that statement. But I would even challenge people to take it one step further. Mm-hmm. Enter into a relationship with somebody because they are made in the image of right. God yeah. and they are worth caring for. Mm-hmm. And then as the relationship blossoms, mm-hmm. right? And I genuinely care about you. No strings attached. You're not an agenda to me. Right. I just care about you because you exist. You're made in the image of God. You are a fellow human being and you are worth it. Mm-hmm. And as I genuinely care for you, I want the absolute best for you. And I know that the absolute best for you is following mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. It gives your life meaning and mm-hmm. value and purpose. It puts you on mission. Oh, by the way, it saves you for all eternity. And, and I know that's good for you. And so because I care for you, I will show and tell right. you these things. And you know what? If you reject me for now, mm-hmm. I'm still going to love and care for yeah. you because you're still made in the image of God. And if you respond, then I'm going to love and care for you now, not just as a mm-hmm. friend and, and, and a human being, but as a brother or sister in Christ. Right. And so, I mean, I think it's great to say, okay, I need to go make some relationships so I can be intentional. Right. But people, you know, when we enter into relationships, we enter into just love people. Right. And yeah. as we grow in love with people, you know, and, and I'm talking about this, this agape, this brotherly, this phileo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I shouldn't say agape, this, this phileo kind of love, this brotherly love, this affection mm-hmm. that I have for them. As I grow in that, then you know what? Look, man, I, I care about you deeply, and I want you to know something that, that mm-hmm. will impact your eternity. Yeah, it's one of those things where just doing that is so counter to our culture right now. You know, in small towns, maybe we've gotten to avoid it. Uh, 
longer than, you know, big towns and East sure. Coast and West Coast. But with social media, with everything that's going on, the things that told us that we were going to be more connected to each other, what they've done is they've dislocated us from where we're at. And so having somebody who's a neighbor, having somebody who's a stranger, genuinely step up and care and enter into your life blows people's minds because that's not normal. That's not what our culture does anymore. Yeah, yeah. And... and, and it's what our culture desperately needs. Yeah. I people, just... people whether, they, whether in the moment they're thinking, I want to be talked to right now. Like most people aren't thinking, I want to be talked to right now. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I get lonely and I'm thinking, I want to be talked to right now. Most yeah. people don't act that way or think that way. There's a great guy uh, at the Waverly Walmart that every time you walk in, he goes, welcome to Walmart. And he puts his fist out. And you, in order to get past him, you have to pound his fist. And I'm like, that's my favorite part of my day when I go, up to, when you go, to, go to Walmart. So really, you're not going to Waverly to see your fiance. Right. You're going to Waverly to see Walmart greeter to, guy. To, to, to see get, Walmart to, greeter guy who who's genuinely gonna, cares and is excited uh, that he, yeah, I'm there. That, yeah, you know what? That's great, though. Um, and and I, I think that's the key. Like, people, people genuinely crave connection. And we have a world where we are so disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not bagging on social media or Facebook right. or Instagram or, um, I was watching the internship the other day, yeah. um, InstaShare. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, yep. but I'm not bagging on any of that. It's good, right? We can leverage that for the sake of the gospel. Like I'm on there, you know, and, and I'll share the gospel through my Facebook page and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, but it's not the same as a personal connection right. and people long for it. And so you'd be surprised, I think, when you make an effort how easy it is to make connections. I'm not great at it. Mm-hmm. My wife, Carrie, is awesome at making connections with people. Mm-hmm. Carrie can spend five minutes in a room, and she's already got a new best friend by the yeah. time you're, you're, you're leaving. I mean, it just it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and part of the reason is because she doesn't mind being the awkward person to go start a conversation. Right. And when you don't mind being the awkward person to go start a conversation, then guess what? Because there mm-hmm. are maybe not every single person, but enough people, that's what they crave. Mm-hmm. She always finds somebody that's like, yes, right here, let's mm-hmm. connect. Yeah. And she leaves with a phone number. She leaves with a, 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 a because that's how she's wired. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the interesting thing about Carrie that most people wouldn't know, she is not an extrovert. Mm. Carrie is, at heart, an introvert. The thing that feeds her soul is alone time. Mm -hmm. The thing that feeds her soul is a nap (laughs) or a walk at the store by herself just to browse. Okay, those are the things that rejuvenate her, Mm -hmm. right? But see, people see Carrie, they they see her do that, they see her connect that way relationally, and they're like, oh, well, that's easy for her because she's an extrovert. I could never do that. No, no, no. Carrie is a a pretty significant introvert. Mm -hmm. She is is depleted when she spends all of her time doing those relational connections. She just knows how critically important they are. Yeah. And so she does those, and she has those relationships, and she's able to share the gospel with people that need to know it and truth with people that need Mm -hmm. to know it. And so, like, you know— this isn't as complicated as mm-hmm. we like to make it out to be. Yeah, I think uh, this is one of those things where if you, you know, open yourself up to relationships, if you open yourself up to helping your neighbor uh, stain his deck, or, yes, or yeah. I mean, just those simple things that are just kind and neighborly, and you let your kids see it, that's going to seep into their faith. They're going to, uh, so, so many times when I was in college, I'd listen to, 
you know, cradle Christians testimonies and they'd be like, oh, you know, we'd go to church and then there was nothing else. And I'm like, man, if your parents would have opened up their home for a, a neighbor for a meal or yeah. had a joint barbecue or yeah. I, or yeah, what just, a chance. Just spontaneous, right? Like, you know what? I'm throwing brats on the grill. Hey, yeah. I see you outside mowing the grass. Hey, you guys want to come on over and eat some? Yeah, you, know, you don't some, have to. Some... You don't have to bring out the push pins and the yarn and and make oh. some weird psycho uh, plan on your well, wall. You could do that too. Yeah, I have one of one of my my uh, a very good friend from college. Uh, you know, my my best friend back in the in the Quad Cities and his wife. We we just love them. You've heard me talk about mm-hmm. Charles and Heather before. We we meet them in, in Iowa City for dinner. We try to actually we're going to get together. The the date we could schedule because we got snowed out Mm -hmm. is the end of March. And that's going to have been about four months. Um, So I'm jonesing right now and I've still got another six weeks to to go, seven weeks to go. Anyway, that's not important. What's important is they every year, I don't know if they still do, but while we lived in the Quad Cities, every year they had a Christmas party Mm. um, for their neighborhood. Yeah. They would walk up and down, and they would. Now they're intentional about being in their neighborhood. They're, they yeah. take walks. They're outside. Mm-hmm. They talk to their neighbors. But even the neighbors they don't know well. Every year they would invite them over mm-hmm. um, for a Christmas party, and the neighbors would come. And, and they actually had a pretty decent turnout. Would come for the Christmas party, and it was just food and and and, and drinks. And they would just visit and talk and have a good time. At some point in time, you know, Charles would probably say, you know what, I'm going to give a toast. Mm-hmm. You know, and the toast would, would, you know, basically say, hey, look, man, this is why I celebrate Christmas. Thank you all, you know, for celebrating with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fun for our family to be able to celebrate Christ's birth with you. You know, I hope you enjoy that. And, and if you ever want to talk more about it, you know, I'm here. And, and then they would follow up with just being out in the neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. it's sometimes it's, so they're more intentional, right? They're like, yeah. let's have a party. Um, you know, sometimes it's just, Hey, can I, I see you're out there struggling, you know, with something. Can I help you with it? You're right. You know, right. um, Philip Close. Mm-hmm. Okay. So listen, you know how we had a lot of snow here recently. Yeah. Okay. So Philip Close, I'm outside with all of my kids um, <laughs> and Carrie shoveling mm-hmm. one morning, right? We all just went out to do it together. Travis actually was overdoing Carol Lutz's a- across the street and um, Carrie's doing the front sidewalk and Aubrey and I are in the back driveway and we're all just out there working. Philip lives about a block and a half away. Mm-hmm. And I see this guy all bundled up and face mask and whatever else with this huge snowblower, just walking up and down sidewalks, then <laughs> gets to, gets to our sidewalk, does about half of it to meet where Carrie's at and then comes and does the edge of the driveway where the snow plows kicked up a bunch of snow yep. and goes and does the neighbor's sidewalk. And, and I'm like, it's just Philip walking around mm. just, he's out, he's got a snowblower. It's a good snowblower. Why not? Right. I mean, just yeah. even simple things like that. Mm-hmm. And we're like, well, that's not evangelism. That's just being a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But when you take it the next step, yeah. Right. And that's where it's like faith in action is awesome. Yeah. But if all we did was go help people at their houses... For three days a year. That would be nothing. Right. That would be a service project. Mm-hmm. That would be no different than Lions Club mm. or Kiwanis. Yeah. Um, or any of those service, And those are great, mm-hmm. but they're not the gospel. So you've yeah. got to do those things. Have coffee, eat dinner, have the connection. But mm-hmm. then you've got to tie it at some point in time. Not every time and not right away necessarily, but you've got to tie it to the gospel. And one of the easiest ways to do the gospel 
Invite people to church. Yeah. You know, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian, Mm -hmm. but here at Blessed Hope, at least, and I know there are multiple other churches in this community that are the same way. You can trust them the same way. Mm-hmm. If you show up here at Blessed Hope Church, you're going to hear the gospel. Right. So an easy way for me to share the gospel with Sally is to say, Sally, you know what? I'd love for you to come to church with me. And you know what? I'm going to pick you up in the morning because I know your mm-hmm. odds are, are, are more likely to, to actually follow through mm-hmm. if I show up at your house to pick yeah. you up. Or we're going to meet for breakfast first. Or let's come to church and I'll take you to lunch or whatever it is. Yep. And, when, and when Sally's here, guess what? She's going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. Right. So I can share the gospel even just by bringing her with me to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So recently I just, I devoured the book of Titus and Matt can see my Bible. Like there's very little space to actually take any more notes. Yeah. And this is a note taker's Bible. So yeah. So I had impressive. extra space to do it. Right. I, um, but one of the things I loved about Titus is that this is Paul's letter to Titus about how to do his mission to do his ministry in Crete. And if you don't know anything about Crete, I mean, they were Greeks. They, they were known for being liars and being scoundrels. I mean, that's why when, you know, a teenager is not behaving well, we call them Cretans. Um, I, it's one of those things that's a cultural idiom, and we forget where it came from. But he writes this in Titus 3, uh, verses 1 through 2. Remind them to be submissive. He's talking, he's telling Titus, tell your Christians in Crete to be this way. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, to show perfect courtesy towards all people. And it continues to go on. But this is what, when I think of evangelism, when I think of of impacting your community, this is what I think of. Number one, obey the law. Simple, easy. Everyone can do that. Two, be ready to serve the community. That can be in a, a big way. That could be getting involved with Parks and Rec or the, the police department. Or, or it could just be, you know, like we said, serving your neighbor. Right. Super simple. Slander no one. Social media is a great tool. Be careful. Slander no one. Refuse to fight. Refuse to fight. Consider and be willing to yield your rights. I mean, we are a nation of rights, and we always want to pound the table and say, this is my right to do this. this is, I have this freedom to do this. But as Christians, we've been guaranteed one thing, and that's a relationship with Christ and eternal life. Everything else is cake. Everything it's else icing. is cake, and we've been asked to sacrifice. And the last thing is, rights. be humble. I mean, those are... Six things that are so easy for us to be able yeah. to do as Christians, and they'll change your community, they, change your neighborhood. Yeah, they absolutely will. And I tell you what, um, this is, you know, for people that are listening that are blessed Hopians, is that a real thing? I don't know. Blessed Hopiites? Sure. Uh, people that call this place home. Let's <laughs> yeah. just go there. Or um, any of the other evangelical churches um, in the community. Here's what I can say with certainty. Um, because if you're here, listen, I'm your pastor. Vince is your pastor. If you're not here um, and you're at an evangelical church in this community, I know your pastor, um, and I, I've spoken to them regularly. This is the heart of why we exist. Mm-hmm. This is the heart of why we exist as a church. This is the heart of why evangelical churches exist. This is why we call ourselves evangelical churches, mm-hmm. because we exist 
to live that kind of life, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we say we aren't worried about um, preferences. Mm -hmm. We aren't worried about our rights. We aren't worried about all of those distracting, ancillary things. What are we worried about? We're worried about people hearing, knowing, and responding to the gospel, and then going out to share it with other Mm -hmm. people. Um, It's just so critical. It's just so critical. And this this is the heart behind the merger. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, 100%. you were probably just going to say that, weren't you? I was. This yeah. is the heart behind the merger. And we've been talking for six plus months at Blessed Hope about mm-hmm. this merger that's happening with Revolution mm-hmm. Church. And this idea of evangelism, of mm-hmm. speaking for Christ when we say, come back to God because he is no longer counting your sins against you uh, because he made Christ who knew no sin to be sin so that you might become his righteousness. That's the heart of the merger. Mm-hmm. We are making old things new, and we are, we are doing this because we want people to know Jesus Christ. And yeah. so this is so critical, and it's, it's, it's just it's the heart of why church exists. And, and I'd say this, that's the reason for the slight name change that we're going through. Yeah, because the community Hope matters. Community church, because one thing that we kept saying over and over again through the process with their leaders, trying to figure out the hurdles, trying to figure out the DNA, was for the community. Right. For the community, for the community, for the community. And so we just wanted to embody that. And, and you know, it's kind of, you know, you, you tattooed First uh, Corinthians or Second Corinthians, Corinthians. 517. As soon as I said I know it was wrong. You, you tattooed that on your arm because you wanted to embody it. And it's the same thing for us as a church by changing our name to Blessed Hope Community Church. We wanted to embody that and also to make sure people held us accountable to it. That's exactly right. It's in our name. We better act like it. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, hey, last thing. I know we've probably gone over our time. I think we do that every week, so it's, yeah. it's starting to be something to, to, that we can stop apologizing for. It just is the mm. new normal. Uh, but um, last thing, I want to invite people, you know, speaking of merger mm-hmm. and, and the Great Commission, um, you know, it's been fun to talk to you about it, and we're going to get to do this a lot more in depth with Pastor David at mm-hmm. our next Coffee and Conversation. It's going to be on February 17th, so okay. about a week and a half from now at Revolution Church. You could check out the event on our Facebook page or uh, more information in the Blessed Hope newsletter, but mm-hmm. we are going to have our next Coffee and Conversation with them, and it is going to focus on the Great Commission, and it is going to focus on the purpose, the mission, and the values of the merged church, mm. and, and we're going to go into a lot more depth and detail about why and how and what it will look like, and it'll be a kind of the last full time to ask questions and get answers mm-hmm. before the affirmation vote on yeah. March 3rd. So would really encourage anybody that's interested in the Great Commission and the Merged Church um, to, to check that out on February 17th, but absolutely um, anybody that has lingering questions, that's the time and the place to be. Perfect. Thanks for joining me. All right. Thank you.